Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is no better show on your radio. This is Around the House with Eric G. Everybody stop what you're doing, please! From your back fence to the sidewalk, Eric will tell you how to keep it all in tip-top shape while helping you save a buck while doing it. If you like DIY projects, it takes a lot of practice to get good at it, and Eric is here to guide the way. These are the wrong plans! These are the old plans! All that and more on the fastest two hours of home improvement radio. Stop it! Stop what you're doing! Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G, where we help you with home improvement every single week. Thanks for joining us. I'm Eric G. I'm Dane Vodder. Man, what another wild week this week. Yeah. Had a minor power outage, too. That made it interesting <laughs> on Monday. Happy you got that generator we've been Number talking about. Number seven uh, of the power outages in the last, what, 14 months that I've been here. So, yes, I'm keeping track. And, uh, <laughs> but this was kind of funny, actually. It had been out for a couple hours. And they're like, okay, it'll be back at noon. I jump on my phone app at, like, 1210. Mm-hmm. And it says, it won't be back till 2. And I'm like, <sighs> getting the generator out. Yep, yep. I literally went out, plugged the generator in, <laughs> I see started up, and I was coming in to switch over to on since the generator was on on the on the system that we have here. I noticed my neighbor's porch light pop on for a second. There it goes. There it is. So I <laughs> turned around, walked back Let out. The generator back turned away. the ba- generator back off. And uh didn't have to get all the way into that, but we got power back, so that was good. But uh, generator was close. I was like, oh, man, already? Well, it didn't and, even have wind. It was just, I don't know if it was construction or what it was. It was, I mean, you've got a lot of construction going on in your neighborhood right now, so. Dude, two blocks away, there's a new middle school being built where they're doing a bunch of digging and stuff, and up the road, you know, half mile away, they're rebuilding an entire major thoroughfare, and they're gutting it. Well, so. and, I mean, this just goes for anyone who may live in a rural area or just even if a, a populated area that continuously sees power outages. Get a generator, man. It's going to save you some headaches. Yeah, I'm going to have to upgrade the generator thing, though, because I want to I want to take it to the next yeah, level. Yeah, you, I, you want more power. I want more power. Absolutely. <laughs> Keep adding more stuff to the house. We add more power. Adding more to the stuff, by the way. We got the... Uh, Heating and cooling system done. Just waiting for the inspection on that uh, for final. But, uh, man, we put in the coolest, and I say coolest because it works really good. It's amazing how home technology with heating and cooling has changed so much, let alone how far it changed back to my 1993 system that I had. Yeah. So I put in the Carrier Infinity and Pyramid Heating and Cooling, one of my sponsors here in Portland, put it in. And uh, did a great job with it. It was a big job. I mean, it was four days, Mm -hmm. three days with two guys, one day with one guy. And um, 
they split it up so I've got multiple zones. So the bedrooms upstairs were golden. We've got a however con- you want. Yeah, it. we've got a controller up there for that, and uh, you know it can control you know both levels, which is awesome. So that's cool. That's been working well. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you don't even notice that it's on because here's the thing that I thought was interesting. We you know they turned it on, tested it, everything was hooked up, and it goes through this self test system where it's testing out your ducting. Okay. And it's seeing what the airflow is and what the back pressure is, so it knows to sense the system correctly. I mean, it tells you when you need to change the filter, not because it ran for so many hours, but it notices that the filter's dirty. There's a difference in the amount of either suction or pressure that's being applied. It goes, okay, this is what it seems like when the pressure's perfect. And we know this because this this is how it was when it was installed. installed. And so then it's going to come down and go, oh, you only have so much filter left, so much filter left. That's cool. That's good. And it's a huge filter system, but you only have to change the filter about every 9 to 12 months, depending on what you need. It's just so, one filter that you have to change? One filter. That's not bad. So pretty cool. And uh, and it's not a crazy price for the filter, but it's the Carrier Infinity system. So it it it's hospital grade just about as far as the, you know, killing the, the viruses and the mold spores and that stuff shooting around. And it's also monitoring the humidity as well. So super stoked about that. One of these days we'll have them on board here and we'll be talking about that. Uh, so that's a cool one. Well, man, speaking of pe- having people on board... Let's talk about that for a minute. First, you can go over to Around the House with Eric G on Facebook, and that is where you're going to find a Facebook page as well as Around the House Nation, and that's our closed group where you become part of the family and we share jokes, we tell horror stories, and whatever project we're working on this week. Well, the kind of the difference between the two, just so that everyone is kind of aware, the Around the House with Eric G page is the radio page. That is, that, that's our show page. That's where we're going to put up the podcast. We're going to put up the midweek special. That that's, That is our home base, really, as far as social media goes. Sure. Around the House Nation is our private group that you and I both moderate, and yep. it's a we, we let, let people in that look like they're Real people uh, that that join groups yep. that are that participate on Facebook. We bring in the only rule we have is no politics. Just we don't. We're not touching it. We're not going to do it. Not everybody. Our thing. Be cool. Yes. Uh, also, as far as home base goes for a website, we have aroundthehouseonline.com. That is where you'll also find the podcast, but you'll also be able to contact us. You can send us an email there, and we have a store that you can check out as well. Maybe a hat or a coffee mug or something like that. But we also have a phone number. We want to answer your questions. Our number here in the studio, 971-233-8992. You got it. I even added another page, Projects. Look at this. Oh, nice. I've got oh, more no. pictures of some of my stuff and some of the people that have been helping out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I've been putting together kind of some of my resources. So if you want to know, hey, where's that faucet that Eric put yeah, in on but, his oh, house that we added? So good. You can cruise over. You can see the befores and after of my house. Of all what the projects like and, you talk about. Yeah. Yep. So all those little projects going on, you'll see it right over there. And you just have to go to the projects page within aroundthehouseonline.com. Yeah, that's not going to be on the top toolbar across the top. you got to go down that's to more secondary and one. projects. You got it. And that's where you'll find it. Well, man, we got a fun show ahead today. Um, I want to talk about a couple different subjects. But our but, number yeah, two. You, you, you can't bury the lead here. I can't we, bury the we lead. We have to tell you who we have coming on. We have a huge interview with Kevin O'Connor, host 
of this old house and the longest running host of this old house at that. I would say one of the top five people in home DIY, really, as far as people who know him, know what he does. OG. Exactly, man. Like, I am so happy to have him on the show every time we get him. Absolutely. So we've got him on, and we had just a fascinating conversation that you want to catch. We, we, We talked about him, how he, you know, he was a banker. Really? Like a first job kind of thing? Or yeah, I'll see. I mean, he's, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. He was a banker. Uh, had And we'll talk about this in the show, but he was actually, had written a letter in to the magazine with a question, and they had started the Ask This Old House program, but it hadn't aired yet. They were just filming, and so he was a guest homeowner on Ask This Old House. Because he asked that. Because he, he asked, asked a question. They went, oh, we'll send somebody out for that. Cool. And then crazy where things they leave. filmed it and they came back and asked him to be the host and <laughs> you'll hear it in his words. I'm not going to tell you the whole story because you'll have to stay tuned for that coming up. Well, and here's the thing. If you can't hang out until hour two, totally fine. We do have a podcast and you can find that at aroundthehouseonline.com. Um, but if you do stick around to hour two, uh, usually how these podcasts go is we end up having to cut a little bit out. And just because of time reasons, we just can't fit everything in. However, we don't cut any, we, we put the whole raw interview up on the podcast. So you'll be able to hear everything there. You got it. And that's a great place to find it over there. So just make sure, and you can catch it anywhere out there that you catch oh, podcasts. Spotify, but, yeah, Apple Podcasts, all of them. All of them out there. So that's the key right there. And then, you know, in this hour here, I want to talk about a couple different things. We we're just talking about my heating and cooling system and getting that wrapped up. But I want to talk about contractors because I tell you what. Um, Continue this talk. Okay. This is a this is a talk that I want to talk about how hiring the wrong contractor and hiring an illegal contractor can really affect you and your project. This is a big soapbox one for you. This it is because I've seen people lose their house because they hired the wrong contractor. Mm-hmm. People go, what do you mean? Lose my house. Yeah, if you if you hire the wrong contractor, you could literally lose your house. You could be paying the rest of your life. Correct. So we're going to talk about that here, and that's that's a real big important one. And if you listen to the midweek special this last week, I'm seeing some things that and it's still got to play out. But lumber prices are starting to uh, are starting to look on the horizon that we are getting closer to the light at the end of the tunnel, by the way. It's starting to maybe look like it's relaxing. Yeah, a I'm bit. looking at lumber futures. And when you look at lumber futures, um, how they're traded, it's a commodity. Mm-hmm. So when you look at lumber futures, you have to think about it. Okay, it's literally the future. So like right now, you're talking about the July trading for lumber futures. And if you look at that, it's kind of interesting. Um, when you get into futures, you're watching it go down every single day it's been really starting to drop down well that's and so I mean, we're starting this, to see that which i'm happy about is this due to mills reopening no i'll be wow. honest okay. um i think what it is is this is people just betting on lumber getting cheaper or more expensive okay and what happened is is earlier in the week we had seven or eight days straight of kind of the lumber market starting to tank and so when that happens and this is kind of what's cool the bubble kind of pops. The up. bubble starts to pop, and everybody goes sell, 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 sell. Yep. And so early on the week, if you go back to like Tuesday, you start to look, and all the recommendations are you've got to sit there and sell your lumber futures because they're going to go down. And so that's going to help us in like July and August to get that. So I think we're looking good. We were at almost two thousand, you know, 
middle of the week, <laughs> we're down into the 1,200, and I think it's going to continue to go down, dropping 5 or 10% each day. So hope is we'll be good. Now, we're going to talk about contractors when we come back just as soon as Around the House returns. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G, your home improvement source every weekend. Thanks for joining us. I'm Eric G. I'm Dane Vodder. And I wanted to talk about contractors today because there are so many great contractors out there. But I'm noticing that I think with the way lumber prices are, the way material prices are, some people are tapping the brakes on some projects because they're looking at it going, wait a minute. Um, a year ago when I budgeted this, I could buy a sheet of OSB for $10 a sheet and I was just at Home Depot and it's $64. Yep. And people go, I don't have time or money to spend four, five, six times the money on building materials to this project. It's now not cost effective for me to do it. I'm going to wait until it gets better. Yeah. So what does that do? It's tending to bring more of these contractors that were out there, and I say contractors with air quotes because these are illegal contractors, ones that are not licensed and insured, licensed, bonded. Bond, licensed, bonded, insured, and have workers' compensation insurance. So we'll talk about that here. And a lot of people go, "Oh, who cares? Let the guy work." I got into an argument on Facebook Marketplace, <laughs> of course, just this last week. Dude was sitting there um, advertising his work, you know, and I'm like, "Hey, do you have a?" A CCB, which in, in Oregon, that is your construction contractors board. So that is your licensing. Your certification. Every, that is your licensing for the contractors here. Everybody has their own number. So in here, you have a CCD, CCB number. Other states have other numbers, but that's basically what it is. And in our state here, when you advertise, if you post something on social media, if you do any advertisement at all, you have to have that on there, including your website. By law. Like it is By a law. fine. Yeah, you get fined if you don't. Of course, this dude has nothing. You look up his name on the thing, nothing. Nothing there. And he's and he's advertising his wares. Not a big deal. That's what's going on. Well, I noticed we started talking about it, and there's a lot of people who are like, oh, who cares? Let him work. But then I brought up what can happen <laughs> if you don't. So first off, you know, that contractor that's illegal is probably not going to be pulling permits because in most cases they can't go down to – city hall and pull a permit for you because they're not licensed bonded insured if they are attached to that building permit then they need to be licensed bonded insured so that becomes an instant problem on on permitting and those kind of things so many times those guys will go oh if you want to do a permit go down and get it yourself go yep. down and get your permit that's mm-hmm. a big warning sign to me but let's talk before we dive into the nitty-gritty here about kind of one of the first risks are first off being licensed, bonded, and insured, make sure that if they break a water pipe in your house or they damage something in the process of doing your work, maybe they break a window, maybe they do some damage to your home, maybe they burn it down, that insurance covers that. 
So their insurance, you know, we talked about it. My little brother had a painting contractor he'd paint, hired to paint his house mm-hmm. and licensed, bonded, insured. And they spilled in his multi-story house. It's got a covered porch with, with green 75-year shingles on it. Painters got paint everywhere, all over the roof, Ugh. and then tried to clean it up and damage the roof while yep. they were doing it. Their insurance covered them to re-roof the entire roof because there's not much you can do about that with a roof. So that was covered. Otherwise, you'd have been trying to get that money out of the contractor that probably doesn't have it. Yeah. Now, what can happen is, is let's say you hire somebody to come over and do some touch-up work or clean your gutters or anything up on your roof, and they fall off, and they're not licensed, bonded, insured, and have workers' comp, guess what? You are the employer. That is your employee that just got hurt at that's your, your work, site. work site. Yep. So that's where that gets interesting because now you're personally responsible for them, their damages, their livelihood. You could, if they're in a wheelchair, be paying for that for the rest of their life to their family. Well, and, and this is something that you had mentioned we, we talked about during the break. Um, is that it's not really that hard. I mean, yes, you say licensed, bonded, and insured. It makes you sound like there's these three probably fairly in-depth steps to get taken care of that people are just either too lazy or just don't want to do. But that's not the case. In many states, you can go get your contractor's license with a couple grand. You can get your bond, you get your insurance, you get it's your all licensing. Included. And so depending on how big, you know, uh, some states have continuing education that you have to take every yeah. couple of years or every year. When you renew your license, uh, Oregon's one of those states. Uh, Washington is not. It's just really depending on what state you're doing. Um, now, here's where it gets interesting. You know, in on the West Coast, contractors licensing is a state-run entity. Yep. So in Washington, it's through the Department of Labor. Oregon, it's through you know the Construction Contracting Board or the Landscapers contracting board as well there's a one for the landscapers as well but what happens is is you get off into many of our listening areas on the east coast and it is a city and county. county or township township whatever that jurisdiction is and that makes it even harder to navigate because all of a sudden maybe you've got a a chicago license but you're working outside of chicago or philly license and you're working outside of philly and what do you need and how much do you have to pay? It's yeah. so much harder to navigate that. When it's a state-run thing, it's so much easier because it just applies across the board. Well, and there's a database that you can go to and search up the companies and look and see how many, you know, bad uh, uh, reviews or anything they've got. They won't. Here's what they'll say. They won't really have reviews well, on no, those I'm sites. Sorry. But what you'll see is is you'll see how many times they've been sued. That's what I, yeah. How many claims against them is really kind of what that is. And so when you get those... I've called up our CCB board here and said, hey, guys, um, this contractor, they've got six complaints. What do you think? To me, it sounded like a lot. And when you have a lot, you go, wow. And they go, no, no, they've been in business for 35 years. Six complaints is below average for complaints. That's actually really good. We'll talk a little bit more about that. So you get the right information for that contractor just as soon as around the house returns. Hey, it's Eric G with Around the House. Are you looking to grow your business? Need a spokesperson for your company? 
maybe an MC for an upcoming trade show, or maybe you want to up your game and shoot some promotional videos. My team of experts would love to chat with you. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com and fill out the contact us form, and we'll set something up. Thanks for listening to Around the House. You know two things only get better Women in Hey, this is Farewell Angelina. And you're listening to Around the House with Eric G. your home improvement source where we deep dive into these subjects every single week. Thanks for joining us. I'm Eric G. I'm Dane Vodder. Man, so we've been talking contractors. And when you dive into contractors, there's so many great contractors out there. But there's just those handful that are the imposters. Yeah. The chuck in the truck that's not going to get licensed, that's not going to, that's going to show up on Catch a Contractor with my buddy Skip Bedell. Oh, yeah, and Adam Carolla. And Adam Carolla and, and his wife, Allison, that just, you know, had that where people would just take advantage of people. And I hate to see people get taken advantage of. And every year, I mean, I've had some battles with contractors. Well, and this, so I, as a producer, I, I, I like to look at message boards and forums for, for yeah. home improvements. And one of the biggest things I see continuously across the board is hatred for contractors. And it's undeserved. Oh, because, yeah. And, and, and I, But I get it because of people like this. This is what gives all contractors a horrible name to a lot of consumers. Yeah, you've got that 5% that are ruining it for 95% yeah. of the people. But most people think it's over 50% that are bad. So they're just like, no, I don't like contractors. And here's what I wish that we could come up with a better way of doing this. Because I know of some contractors out there that are licensed, bonded, and insured. Mm-hmm. But they've been sued like 20 times. They've got a long, dirty laundry list. How are they still licensed, bonded, and insured? In some states. You and I'm just, not in Oregon. As, as uh, you you know, but it. It, in some states, they just get sued. And because somebody hasn't filed a complaint with the Governing contractor board. board, basically, they still have their license. Yeah. You know, um, the other problem that you see is when a contractor will go out of business and file Chapter 11, All they just start up the new, the, the new LLC, they start over, they got a brand new company, they still have their 30 years of experience as a contractor. And zero complaints. They just have zero complaints and six months as a contractor. Yeah. So that's the other problem that you've got to do your diligence with with that. But here's the thing. So to, to, to backpedal a little bit and kind of put – this into a thought process that makes a lot of sense. You've got your contractor's license. that says, okay, you're a certified contractor in your area. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they'll have two or three contractor's licenses, depending if it's a city thing or a state issue or they're working across multiple state, state lines. Then you've got your bond, and that bond is there just to it's, – it's usually a small amount. For most people, that bond is just kind of an assurity that, hey, you're going to write them a check and maybe there's money there. That's probably the hardest one to get on as a homeowner to collect on is that. Most of the time, my experience is, is when you get a bad contractor that's maybe not licensed, bonded, insured, 
you're in trouble. The bond From usually, the yeah. that usually if that bond's there, it gets eaten up really quickly. It's not a lot of money. So that's one of the problems that you have with that. The insurance is big. Like I said, that's a key one right there. That's your safety net. That's your safety net for them uh, in negligence and damages. You know, the bond is really if you wrote them a check, can they get that money back to you? And that's tough. Now, here's the thing that, that gets interesting, and this is where I want to navigate through in the next bit of this segment here, is that the workers' compensation insurance is a big one. So in many states, when they have their contracting license and they've got their business license, that state asks them and says, are you going to be a sole proprietor, one person, and are you going to have employees? No. Well, now they don't have to pay workers' compensation because they're the owner themselves. They don't have workers. They have no employees, so they have no, no workers. What happens is many times they'll go out and hire workers. Of this small group of people go out mm-hmm. and do that. What happens is, is that worker gets hurt and there's no workers' comp insurance. And now it's back on the contractor to have to pay for that or not pay for that. And then that employee is now looking to who's got the money to get them fixed. Probably the person that's having renovations done on their home. It can be. And here's where this stuff gets interesting, even with contractors. And I had a buddy of mine who was a contractor. He was working on someone's basement remodel. Okay. The homeowner, just a basement remodel, laying tile, doing cool stuff. Homeowner, who was not the most homeowners, both husband and wife, I believe, um, were not being the most upstanding citizens. They hired some temp people in to move some stuff around upstairs in their house. You know, like somebody off of Craigslist to come help around the house. Okay. Just a worker. Problem is, is the worker went downstairs and asked the contractor, hey, uh, where can I throw trash? This response Uh, is very important. This is important. That contractor goes, ah, just, yeah, go ahead and throw it in the dumpster. It'll just go out in the bill. That's now a worker underneath that contractor. Yep. So now what happened is, is that contractor, when that guy went out there to the dumpster and hurt his back, when he filed a worker's compensation claim, it went against the contractor, and the contractor didn't even know this person's name. Nope. Wasn't paying for him and all that. But they gave them direction direction. on a work site, which which then changes the legality and all that. Exactly. So you got to be careful that. So for homeowners, be careful. You could put yourself in a in a position and the contractor be careful. That's why contractors now many times will say, I don't want anybody else on my job site. Yeah. It's my job site. You can't have other people over here because now I'm responsible for them. Well, especially if they have workman's comp insurance because they, they're just like, no, this is my work site. I don't want anyone else possibly getting hurt or, or me just having to deal with that in the long road. I want to be responsible for everything. I think this contractor eventually won this argument. Okay. But I think there was 15 or 20 grand in lawyer's fees and administrative hearings and that road stuff. A long there. road to get there. So that's a key. So you want to make sure that if there's employees, that there's workers' compensation insurance. Now, here's one of the things that I want to talk about right now, and we'll probably carry it over the break into the next one, are your spoof contractors. Like, what's a spoof contractor? That is a contractor that has figured out 
someone's name that is a up, legitimate good, up and up contractor. Yeah. And I had a guy that was a radio host down in um, Arizona that I've been on a show a couple times. He got burned by this because what happened is, is that he had a guy that wanted to partner up a little bit and like he was an exterior guy and he was an interior guy and they worked sometimes side by side. Okay. This guy decided to go out and start selling jobs using my buddy's contractor's license without him knowing it. He went out and got business cards named with the license number on it and was out selling jobs. But even though his contract hid his name on it, he was representing that he was partnered up with him. Kind of has a little bit of a fraud ring to it. It did. Uh, But the problem is, is that my buddy lost. Oh. So he lost his contractor's license over this person... Using being fraudulent, his using his name. And then he went through a bunch of different hearings and things like that. And the last time I talked to him, it's probably been a year with COVID. He had not gotten that set up. So, And it was one of those things that he had a big problem. Now, did he lose because he had initially already entered in an arrangement of similar style before? Or nope. Okay. Weird. This was just somebody that he had shown up on a couple job sites together with. And to the contractors board, it appeared that there was a relationship there because they should. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because, because in the they past have. they had yeah. worked together, even though this guy had no legitimate business connection. business connection. He was buying stuff under his own account. It was just a gray area, and Weird. they penalized him as much as the other guy. Oh, well, I mean, thank goodness the other guy got some sort of punishment because it almost sounded like you know your buddy was the only one that that. Yeah, was ruled in the wrong there. Yeah, the other guy though, he was the one that was kind of being the yeah. the the no, the bad uh, guy, the bad guy, and so that's tough. And so you got to be really careful to be working through all of that. You need to know when that contractor rolls into your house, are you dealing with a salesperson? Are you dealing with the owner? Who are you working with in that organization so you can verify? That that is the real deal out in front of you. Well, and and I think a lot of it is is you just know who you're talking to. It's like okay, so who are you, my contractor? Like, say you have somebody coming over to plan something, and, and you're right in that entry level process, and they're yeah. like, "Well, I think you might like this. I think you might like this." And I was like, "Well, hold on, are you my contractor, or are you a representative for the company?" I think that that that's a good delineation to be able to figure out ahead of time because I'd like the contractor's input as far as. What's going to go in my house, to be honest? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It, it's just make sure you know who you're talking to because that can be one that burns you. You could be thinking that you're writing. And one of those warning signs is having them write a check to somebody else other than what you're dealing with there. So maybe the, you have a ABC construction to make up a name and the deposit checks are being given to another company. Somebody else. That's another one of those warning signs you got to be really careful with. And when I get back, I've got a story about that that I saw that was very interesting that I was a uh, on the legal side of as an expert. We'll talk about that just as soon as Around the House returns.
through the course every weekend. Thanks for joining us. Well, hey, you got to make it through this segment because the next one in the next hour is going to be crazy. Absolutely. We've got Kevin O'Connor, This Old House, the one, the only, the host. The one you know and you've known for years. Yes. So he is uh, on the show. We're going to have a great time. We got to sit down with him, and it, it, this is probably one of my favorite interviews with him because we talk about the trades. We got really outside of this old house even for a little bit with it, so it's pretty fun and, and talking about you know where things are going with the trades and where – you know, getting people to work on your house is going to be. So it's going to tie in really well with our subject right here. So make sure you catch that. If you're on the podcast, it's just the next episode, so it'll be right after that. And if you miss it on the radio, for all the radio listeners out there, head to the podcast, which you can do at aroundthehouseonline.com or anywhere you catch podcasts out there. Well, and that's going to be in its complete uncut form. So we'll have to cut it up to put it into the radio, but that will be its true full interview that you'll hear there on the podcast. Yeah. So it'll be fun. And it's just the audio quality on it. I love it. It's it's one of our cleanest ones yet. So uh, it it helps to have friends in the industry that also have access to studios across the country. It made it really cool. So I'm proud of this one. So make sure you catch that. And uh, if you're this old house fan, like I am, it's way fun. It's way fun. So what we've been talking about contractors and you know, there's some things that uh, I just kind of want to get wrapped up on this conversation. You know, there's a lot of great ones out there, but just do your due diligence. Um, I'm not a BBB person. Don't even drag the Better Business Bureau into this. I'm not a fan personally. And uh, I'm not a fan because when I had my own business, I had my local BBB in Seattle. I'm like, wait a minute. I've been in business for two years. I've had no complaints or a successful business. Why do I have a C? And they went, oh, well, you need to pay the $700 and be accredited. Uh, and I went, what do you mean? Like, well, to we have to do the research. And so once you pay us the $700, then you get an A. That's That shouldn't be how that works. No, but that's how it works. And if you don't believe me, do the little CBS expose. Or no, it was Dateline that did a whole thing CBD on it. Bureau, right? Yeah, they did a whole expose on that of, of how that works. And it's just, to me, not a trusted resource. Um, there's much better ways to do that. And quite frankly, you know what I do? I call up the local contracting board in whatever location I'm in. Maybe it's a city, state, and I call up and go, hey, what do you guys think about this person? They'll tell you what the history is. Yeah, and it's a quick phone call. You're not bugging anybody. That's their job, and it it doesn't take that long. It doesn't cost you any money. Exactly. So be very careful. Know what your laws are. And the other thing is, too, just make sure you know many states – Many areas require that there are certain pieces of paperwork you get. Maybe it's a lead paint addendum or it's how to deal with asbestos or or all of those things, the little warnings. Make sure they're following those rules. Many times when you have a contractor that does that, that follows those rules, that they're going to be on the A-game because they know that they're being watched. They know that these are things they need to do. And that's how you see you know, a lot of these TV shows get busted for not dealing with lead paint correctly and that kind of stuff. So just be a little bit careful with that. And you're going to be okay. It's just one of those, uh, just a FYI, be careful with it. So, well, I wanted to talk about before, you know, geez, the end of this hour, <laughs> I had a fun project this last week that we filmed uh, for More Good Day Oregon. So I had a crack in my foundation. Little one, the only one I had, it was just a, a settling type crack, old concrete, 1977. And I did a DIY repair on it. Turned out great. 
Now, real quick, I want to back up just a little bit for anyone who might not know what we're talking about with your more Good Day Oregon segments, because yep. we're across the country. Sure. These are your video segments that you do for our local news station. You are kind of their home improvement guy. You got it. Uh, so it's, you know, two to five minute videos usually on how to do stuff around your house. And those get put up on AroundTheHouseOnline.com. You got it. So you, you'll see those over there and we'll share them up and uh, you can just watch them on there and, and uh it, they're a lot of fun. We do a lot of different stuff. So this was one where I came in, and uh, thanks to, uh, you know, Rhino Carbon Fiber, they are one of the great companies out there that do carbon fiber products out there. And I'll bring them on the show in the future, but I just wanted to talk about before you go out and spend a boatload of money on fixing a crack in your foundation. That can be expensive. It can be expensive, and you can get these products online and ship to you. So I had a crack in the foundation, and what I did was is I used, um, and I'm just going to use general terms here, not their products, because I don't want this to sound like some infomercial, but I basically took their epoxy and flattened out the face of the crack after I cleaned it up. I pressure washed it, let it dry, knocked off any of the loose stuff, and I filled it in with this, and I put in two injection ports. Injection ports are just these little pieces of plastic that we're going to, once that's hard... I'm going to pump in with like a caulking, a special caulking gun, this liquid adhesive that's an epoxy. Think of it as like warm honey. That'll just go down and fill all that crack. So what it does, it snaps into the lower port, and you put these in about every 18 inches, and you pump this in slowly, and then you know you get it there when it comes out the top point. Mm -hmm. And what this does is you plug those, let that cure. That ties those things together and fills that crack with material that helps bond that. And it's so kind of liquidy that it'll soak into the concrete and bond that together. So it doesn't have anywhere to go. Once that's dry, then I go through and you grind the surface smooth, get it nice and clean. And then what you do is next is you put on this layer of carbon fiber. And my photographer today was, was laughing because this is going to basically tie this concrete together. It's stronger than the concrete. And I sat there and cut the carbon fiber with regular scissors, <laughs> just like I was cutting uh, a piece of cloth. Well, that's not something you can do with concrete. No, but as soon as you put epoxy on it and bond that to the surface, I'll break the concrete trying to pull those apart versus the carbon Before fiber. Before you do any damage to the carbon fiber. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, when you've got carbon fiber like that, it's, it's a legitimate structural repair to the foundation and you can do it yourself. Now, if you don't want to, no problem, but it is a legitimate DIY project that with just some simple tools and following directions, you're good to go. You can be done in a day. Yeah. I mean, I did it over two days only because I wanted to really let it cure up. Yeah. Could I have done it in the morning and been done that evening? Yes. Did I give it 24 hours? Cause I was shooting it for TV to make sure it was solid. Absolutely. But it worked out really well. And it's going to be a great fix. It's permanent. It's not very labor intensive. No, and it's not that expensive. I mean, you can you can pay somebody, you know, fifteen hundred bucks to come fix that crack, or twenty five hundred bucks to come fix that crack, or for under five hundred bucks, usually you can do it. Yep, in a yourself weekend. on a weekend. So that's the good one right there. All right. That's the end of this hour, buddy. Let's get to Kevin O'Connor. All right, he's coming up next. Make sure you check out everything with Around the House at AroundTheHouseOnline.com because that's where we got the website. We'll see you after this break. Thanks for listening to Around the House.
it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.